Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Bulls on Tap. I am your boy Buzz, and I'm joined by my dude Goose Bull Scripted, and we are here after a 112-106 victory. Chicago Bulls take out the Detroit Pistons at home, spoil Derrick Rose's homecoming once again. But it was a hell of a game. I just got back from the United Center, hopped on the mic with my dude Goose here, and we're going to talk about this game. Goose, how was your night, first of all, and what did you think of the game? Uh, my night was pretty good. Put on my uh, new lucky bull sweatshirt and uh, brought back the gin and goose, and we got a W. So I guess we're going to have to do that again Sunday. Hell yeah, I like that. I like that, man. Yeah, so it was cool. We got I got off work, the day job, at like 3.30. Got home about 4.15, 4.20, man. Got in the car by 5. Got to the United Center by 6.15. Walked around a little bit, got to our seats. It was a good time. Um, you know, got to see some pretty cool people there and... You know, it was awesome to be in attendance for Derrick Rose being back. That stadium lit up, dude. I mean, as soon as they saw him, even in warm-ups, they were, they were hyped. And then as soon as they announced him coming into the game, they were absolutely hyped. So, I mean, it was pretty – I don't know how you feel about that. I'd like for you to touch on it before we get into the game. But um, I, I'm all for that. I was standing up chanting MVP. I, I love the kid, the guy, the man. And I will always – you know, he will always be one of my favorite Chicago Bulls of all time. So I'm down – for everybody chanting MVP for him. See, I thought the chant should have been hang his jersey instead, but I did also find it really cool that at the end of the game, the MVP trance were drowned out by cheers by Bulls fans, which is all that really matters in the end. If you were upset by Bulls fans cheering for Derrick Rose, I'm sorry, get your panties out of a wad and move on. Uh, at the end of the night, the Bulls prevailed over Derrick Rose, but... The appreciation was warranted. Right, and you know who was in attendance? Joakim Noah was there. So no, that, yeah, they, they showed awesome. a little clip behind uh, the locker room where Derek introduced uh, his son to Joe and told him to call him his uncle. And Chuck Swirsky was all sorts of awkward, kind of <laughs> interrupting the... Uh, usual Chuck stuff, huh? Yeah, usual Chuck stuff, but... No, yeah, that was a cool moment to see behind the scenes between Rose and No. Right, it was cool. They uh, they showed him on the on the new uh, scoreboard there. He was up in the owner's suite, I guess. That's where he was sitting. So I, I wonder what he was doing up there. Maybe hopefully ma- uh, colluding to take Cornette's job. Yeah, I was about to just say that. Just hey, beat me to it, goddammit. But so let's get into this game a little bit. Um, Obviously, I didn't really get to take notes too much uh, here tonight because I was at the game itself. But in the first quarter, the Bulls jumped out quick. Um, you know, they took a lead. I didn't. I don't have like the exact lead that they did have. I do again apologize about that. But they didn't trail much in this game. They, I think, they only trailed once, and it was in the fourth quarter for a uh, twice. like a twice few, in the fourth. It was twice in the fourth. Okay, and it was only for a few seconds before they came back and made something happen. But Zach Levine, he played pretty well in the first quarter. Um, Ball movement was really good. There's something that Juice and I were talking about as we were at the game itself. Um, we were very concerned with the rebounding going into this game. 
Uh, you know, Andre Drummond, we know how he, he rebounds. We, we know how good he is at it. And the Bulls weren't beat too bad on the boards there tonight, Goose. They were only, it was 47 to 42, and I'm going to be honest with you, I was happy with that. Yeah, I mean, anytime you're going up against Andre Drummond, luckily Blake Griffin wasn't out there. Otherwise, the task would have been even harder. Markeith Morris is a major step down from Blake. Um, and Markeith threw a nice fucking forearm shiver to Wendell's face on a box out on a made free throw. Yeah, people are very but, upset about that. Um, But no, I mean, the rebounding overall looked a little better. I think it would have been uh, even greater if Gafford played over Cornette. But hey, what the fuck do I know? Well, yeah, a lot of people were talking about that in the stands today, too, and that was something that I was bitching about. You know, um, in the first quarter there, they uh, Jim Boylan took out Lowry and Wendell, and there was like seven minutes left in the first, right? And then Cornette and Thad come in, and Drummond stays in for Detroit. And then Derrick Rose comes in. And I am confused as hell at this point in time, bro, because you're going to put Cornette on Andre Drummond, and then you're going to have Derrick Rose, who's still a fast-as-hell guard, get into the paint, you're going to have to have Cornette try to contest that. It did not work, and that's why Cornette only got 10 minutes tonight. Hey, well, hopefully Cornette gets 10 minutes or less going forward every night. That would be fantastic. Uh, that matchup was a nightmare. I really did not enjoy it at all, and then Cornette, I don't think he made a shot tonight. I don't have the box score pulled up. He was a one-for-four. He was one for four, and yeah. he blew an alley-oop that was wide open. Have you ever seen the movie White Men Can't Jump? Yeah, but he can jump. I mean, he's... I mean, he Evidently not. Jump, but <laughs> he just can't finish. He was up there. He was hanging above the rim. He just decided to try to lay it in instead of finish it, and that's not something Gafford would have done. And that was a point of the game where the momentum was swinging a little bit. Right, right. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, another thing I want to bring up, too, in the first quarter here. Uh, Tomas Sadoransky ends up coming out for Chris Dunn, uh, getting subbed out, and then that's when um, Chris Dunn was assigned uh, to Derrick Rose defensively. Um, it just I feel like we've said this on every Bulls on Tap since the regular season has started, that Tomas Sadoransky just has not found his way yet. Uh, in this starting lineup and within this team, and it's it's starting. You know, it's not getting too concerning. He's new with the team and stuff like that. But I just don't like what we're seeing out of him. I I thought that we were going to get more primary ball handling from Zach coming up the floor. But usually when Sato's in, it's Sato bringing the ball up the floor, and then he just kind of goes stands there, and then it's about done with him. Um, unfortunately, you know, I still think that he could be effective for this squad, but I just don't, you know, hopefully Jim gets a grip on using him better. Jim needs, has a lot to figure out because I, you know, I, I, like I said, I was on that hype train a little bit before, you know, like feeling, Oh my God, I'm feeling good. But watching Jim's rotations and, and the offense that he's coaching, I, I am not sold right now. And I'm just, I'm having a hard time. I don't know if you want to elaborate on anything I said or add to that or disagree uh, with it, but Jim's rotations smell worse than my farts after I drink a carton of egg whites. So um, they suck. And this three guard shit, I hope it's done. Hutch was in a suit tonight. Hopefully he plays Sunday against the Pacers because I just can't handle any more of Dunn, Kobe, and Archie. And he rides it for so long. Maybe it just seems like forever. You were right. It was forever. It was forever. Dunn, Kobe, Archie, and Cornette were on the floor at one time for a long period of time. See, and my thing with that is swap 
Sato for Archie and play Kobe with Zach Moore. Like, I don't know why Jim is forcing Archie into the rotation, and he did hit a couple threes tonight again, uh, and he has been pretty dead-eye from range this season. But I don't think that that's an effective lineup at all. If you're going to play Archie, try to squeeze him in somewhere else. I just don't like Archie being our wing depth. It drives me nuts. Yeah, I agree. I, I fully agree. Um, another thing that I found a little bit concerning before we I start getting into the good things, um, another thing I found a little bit concerning here is uh, actually down to two players, uh, Lowry Markkinen and Kobe White. I think Kobe White should be playing more than 19 minutes a game. I don't know how you feel about that. I'll give you that, that opportunity in a second. And the fact that Lowry Markkinen only got to play 25 minutes tonight, and he had a pretty good stat line in general. He was a plus 13 in the plus minus. He had 14 points, two steals, four assists, five rebounds, and hit all of his free throws. Four for nine from the field, and the guy can't get any time in the fourth quarter. I I just don't understand this shit, and it's starting to get old. Um, I understand that Jim likes Thad a lot, and Thad took some very questionable shots. He actually did hit a step-back three there in the fourth quarter. I don't care what anybody says. The fact that it went in doesn't mean it's a good shot. You know, I thank God it did go in, but it was just, I mean, no offensive flow. There's another instance in the fourth quarter there where we lost our footing and Thad was standing clogging the paint, and if Lowry was in, when Zach was driving, he could have been able to kick it to Lowry, and it just didn't work out that way because Lowry wasn't in the game. So I, I just want to get your thoughts on that real quick before we move into the good. Well, to your point on the Kobe situation, I think that goes right back to what I was saying. You play Kobe with Zach more, that opens up extra minutes for Sato on the backup line where you don't have to force minutes on Archie. Keep the team bigger. You're probably better defensively. And it's a rebounding team, which we've been struggling with. So I really don't understand the handcuffs that have been put on Kobe after his first few games. I get he can get a little shot happy, but that also tends to come with getting limited minutes. You feel that you're pressed. We saw it from Zach in the first quarter. When Kobe walked to the scorer's table, Zach started jacking and driving, and he's like, you ain't taking me out of this game. I'm getting some buckets before you get me out of here. And then he went to the foul line, and they couldn't take him out. So on the Kobe stance, that's where I stand there with Lowry. Not seeing him in the fourth is just weird. He's supposed to be a cornerstone of this team. He did go back to the locker room to have his side, his hip, something checked out. He came back to the bench. Uh, post game, Jim said that he was available, meaning that he was good to go. So I really don't know, like why. It's just we got the W, so it's hard to complain. And Lowry said as much after the game. But seeing one of the players that's supposed to be, you know, top one, two players on your team not finish the game is kind of concerning. Right, right. So let's move into the good from here. Let's move into the good ball. Ball movement in general uh, ha- has improved. Is It's not where I want it to be, but it looked like the Bulls were starting to find open players here, and uh, scoring was spread around, which was real, real nice here tonight. So I just want to give you the stat line real quick. Lowry did have 14 points. Otto Porter Jr. Uh, exploited the mismatch tonight against Tony Snell. Tony Snell could not hold him, and it was awesome to watch that in person. Um, Otto Porter Jr. in 31 minutes had 22 points, four assists, and six boards. Wendell Carter Jr., 32 minutes, six for nine from the field, one for one from downtown. 
16 points, 2 assists, 11 boards. Zach Levine, 32 minutes, 8 for 20. Yikes. 3 for 9 from downtown. 26 points, 5 boards, 3 assists. And to round out the starting lineup with Tomas Sadoransky, 2 for 6. 7 points and 6 assists. I like it. I, I like it, dude. I mean, you know, tonight the Bulls had 29 total team assists compared to Detroit's 21. I like the way they were moving the ball, and everybody seemed to be getting their touches and, you know, shooting at pretty decent clips there. Zach did have six turnovers tonight, which kind of detracts from the game. But if Zach can have a subpar shooting night, shooting 40% from the field and have six turnovers and the Bulls can get a W... Uh, that's not a bad thing. Uh, I think that kind of falls to what you were saying about Otto. Uh, he had a great game. And most nights he is going to have the advantage at the three because of his size and his fluidity with the ball. I hope that's a trend that we can pick up on and continue with. Wendell Carter Jr., though, man. He he is, dude, I He's improved so much. And now that you see that he's starting to get his feet under him after coming off those injuries and stuff, I mean, I am very impressed by the way he's been playing. No, and you got to think, kid can't even buy himself beer yet. So the ceiling, I think, is higher for Wendell than a lot of people projected, including myself coming out of the draft, uh, who felt it was more of a high ceiling, uh, high floor, low ceiling kind of pick. So just to see the consistency even coming off the two surgeries and still getting his legs underneath him, to see him coming through the way that he has been. And I think his confidence from the perimeter has grown too. He didn't hesitate on that three-pointer he took tonight, and that was encouraging to see because it wasn't even from the corner. It was from the top of the key. Right, right. I mean, and he held his own against Andre Drummond tonight. I mean, Andre Drummond had a hell of a stat line. He had 25 points, 24 boards, man. A uh, guy played out of his damn mind. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm very, very impressed by Wendell Carter Jr.'s play the last couple games here. You could tell he's grinding. He's trying hard to get these Ws, and I, I truly do appreciate that out of him. I mean, it was fan, it's fantastic. Um, I want to touch on one guy on the bench here, and that'll be Kobe White. Uh, Kobe White came in and hit some big three-pointers for us tonight or one big three-pointer for us tonight, uh, and it was in a time of need, and then he hit a midi in a time of need. He did go four for 12 for nine points, had three turnovers, no assists but one board. But uh, he hit a couple shots for us in a time of need when, we, like, you know, Detroit was going on a run, and I just would really like to see him in, you know, inserted in the lineup a little bit more with the starters just to see what he could do there. But, again, I'm not going to bitch about it too much. I don't want to talk about the same shit over and over again. Glad the Bulls picked up a dub, and we'll move on. Unless you have anything else, we'll move on to uh, Sunday's matchup against Indiana. I mean, plain and simple, Kobe White needs to be playing at least 25 minutes a game. I'll yeah, I'm with, I'm with you on that, dude. I die, I die on that hill with you uh, every day of the week. I, I absolutely agree. So going into Sunday here, we have a 4 p.m. Central time start. It will be the Bulls against the Indiana Pacers. Whew, Indiana has been struggling, bud. You know, I mean, we've been struggling too, but they're, they're also struggling. They're 2-3 and three at this point in time. We are 2-4 and four at this point in time. Uh, according to the matchup predictor, they have a 74.7% chance to take the dub-dub against the Bulls on Sunday. 
you know, going into this game, we need to be weary of their bigs. And, I mean, as you know, um, Sabonis is a badass, but I think Miles Turner is actually not going to be playing. Is that correct? Uh, he, I don't know. I haven't seen the exact update on his injury, but I do know he went out of the game uh, the other night, and he has not played since. So yeah. there's a good chance that they will be without Miles Turner. Yeah, I, I just pulled up this injury report, bud, and uh, at this point in time, it does not look like we will be seeing Miles Turner. Uh, it, say how long he's going to be out because that could be big for us it, in terms of the it, playoffs. It just says out. That's all it says, dude. It just says out here on this injury report that I just pulled up. So that's right. going to. That's all that matters for Sunday. Yeah, right. I mean, that's it's beneficial for us. I mean, I hope, you know, I don't want to see anybody hurt. Hope him a speedy recovery. But yeah, he, he's a. Uh, just out. recover after Sunday. Right. I'm trying to pull up this full injury report so I can see what the hell is actually going on with him, you know. Um,. But I have not, I have not gotten to the bottom of it yet. Oh, here we go. Getting to the bottom of it right now. Getting to the bottom of it right now, buddy. Okay, Turner ankle is being listed as week to week. Oh yeah, he's gonna be out a little bit. Yeah, he's gonna be out a little bit here. Now just to get the update on Trey Young because we play the Hawks again in the near future, so we could have some favorable matchups that can help build some momentum here. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So going in, I mean, if Trey, or I'm sorry, Trey Young, yeah, he was on my mind now. If Miles Turner isn't playing, that's, uh, you know, that's going to be all right for the Bulls because, I, you know, we can get WCJ on Sabonis because Sabonis likes to bang on the inside, you know. So, I mean, putting WCJ, who's a above-average on-ball defender, a good, good defender in the paint against him gives me a little bit of uh, a little bit of hope there, you know what I mean? So it, it, it looks like the starting front court, for uh, Indiana would be Sabonis and T.J. Leaf, which I'm not really too concerned about. Um, no, the paces are pretty shallow at big depth. They do have Goga, who they <laughs> drafted this year, but I don't think he's played very much. But they obviously lost Thad. Uh, and without Turner, you know, Sabonis used to come off the bench. If he's starting, their depth is pretty shallow there. So hopefully that's another night that we can maybe squeak out ahead in the rebounding category since that seems to be something we're kind of struggling with here right Goga actually played t uh tonight he got 25 minutes tonight went three for seven from the field one for three uh from downtown at 10 points and nine boards um yeah so i mean going to this game i mean this is one the bulls should uh you know really be competitive in i'm not going to say they should win because i said that against the knicks and my ass got burned as soon you know as soon as i said it so <laughs> was not a good call on my part but this is a game the Bulls should really compete in. Uh, the injury bug has bitten Indiana. Having Miles Turner out is, is just not good news for them. Having, you know, obviously not having El Depot is just a kick in the, in the nads for them. So, you know, hopefully the Bulls can come out, exploit, you know, exploit um, Indiana's lack of size, really. Uh, you know, because the Bulls are actually, I think, the tallest team in the NBA. I mean, they, they, you know. Except when we play Archie Diakno. Right, right, right. But I mean, we're going. You know, Jeremy Lamb and Brogdon aren't small dudes or anything like that. But coming off their bench, you got that. You got Holiday. You got. Uh, you got oh, both Holidays. Holidays. Oh no. And Not TJ Justin McConnell Holiday. getting a lot of minutes. <laughs> Not Justin Holiday. Well, there's Aaron Holiday too, isn't that his name? Aaron Holiday. Yeah. Yes. Yep. They're both Aaron, over there. Aaron Holiday. Uh, he can have some respect on his name, Justin Holiday. There's, there's none of that to go around here. 
Yeah, well, I don't, I don't blame you on that. So hopefully the Bulls come out, stay competitive, come out Sunday, picking up another win, get us one game closer to 500 so we can restart the season, restart once we hit 500 and move from there. That's all I got for tonight, dude. You got anything else? No, just glad to get the dub. Hopefully we're heading in the right direction and boiling figure some shit out. Hell yeah, man. Be sure to go to ontapsportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. Following us on Twitter. Following my dude, Goose, at Bullscripted. Following me, at BuzzOnTap. Following this podcast, at BullsOnTap. And making it happen, man. And we will be out. Uh, we'll be here Sunday again after after the Bulls play the Pacers, recording a podcast. And then on Tuesday, it's probably going to be late because I will be at the Lakers game, I guess. And, uh, yeah, we're going to go from there. But we'll be back Sunday. Bulls Pacers game recap. Stick with us. Later. Oh,